It is our privilege to continue our study of the book of Colossians. And as I was singing that song and some of the other ones in this worship service and the prayers and everything else, I began to realize how God worked together to bring songs and children's message and everything else that fits so well with this passage of Scripture. Because all our fears... Everything is taken care of in the knowledge of Jesus Christ and what he has done and what he will do. I don't know what each and every one of you is struggling with. I know some people and their great needs, but we all have needs. We all have struggles. And they're all met in Jesus Christ. He alone meets those needs. And so when I read this passage of Scripture, I hope the glory of this passage resonates in your mind. This is at verse 15, speaking of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death, to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard, and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I'm quite sure everybody here knows what a goat is. And I'm going to talk about goats for a little while to start this service. You do know what a goat is, right? That's the greatest of all time. It's not that animal with a little beard and everything else. That's a goat for sure. But I'm talking about the greatest of all time. We use that terminology. I learned it from my children and grandchildren, because they would say things to me like, well, you know, Michael Jordan, he's the goat of basketball. He's the greatest of all time in basketball. And I'd argue with him. I'd say, what about Bill Russell? He won all these, these, you know, more, more championships even than Jordan. But you know, that's why you debate. You debate who is the goat? Who is the greatest of all time? And of course, all people who like to cheer for the University of Michigan think that Brady, Tom Brady is the GOAT of all quarterbacks of all time. After all, he won seven Super Bowls. He's a great GOAT. 
That sounds redundant, doesn't it? (laughs) But I'm a baseball fan more than a football fan, so I was thinking about baseball players who are the goats of all time. Nolan Ryan is one of my favorite baseball players. Did you know that he had seven no-hitters? That's three more than anyone else ever had. Seven of them. The last one he pitched when he was 44 years old. He's the goat of pitchers. He had 5,714 strikeouts. The next closest was almost 1,000 less. And so we, many people think he's the greatest pitcher of all. Even though he never won a Cy Young Award. Always baffled me. Lowest earn run average, most strikeouts, wins. Somebody else gets it. Okay. <laughs> I don't know, but I think he's one of the goats of all time when it comes to baseball. And then there's Ricky Henderson. And I, I have others on my sheet, but I'm not going to tell you all of them. You'll have to talk to me later if you want to know more. But Ricky Henderson was famous for stealing bases. He stole 1,406 bases. That's a pretty phenomenal amount. Because the next closest was a man by the name of Lou Brock, and he stole 938. Wow. Lou Brock would have had to play for quite a few more years and steal quite a few more bases to catch up to Ricky Henderson. So in stealing bases, he's considered the GOAT of all time. Ty Cobb, because of his average, 366 lifetime average. No one was really close to that. Although Roger Hornsby was fairly close, 358. But you see, we talk about these people as being the greatest of all time. And they just played sports. Not one of these people as great as they were, could save you or me. Not one of these people could give us peace with God. Not one of them. Even the great Nolan Ryan, who I think is a believer from what I've seen, he couldn't set us right with God because no human being can. They can set records that we're astounded by. They can do great things, but they cannot do that which is really great, that which we all need. Every one of them pales in comparison to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, And he's the firstborn over all creation. Because he's called that because everything that was made, everything you can think of that was made in all of creation was made by the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything. I thought about that. I am a guy who likes to go to the mountains and see them and the glorious peaks, and particularly when they're snow-covered. I just like to see them, you know, and I think how grand they are. He created every mountain. He created the sea and all the creatures that are in it. He created all the wild animals with all their variety that's mind-boggling. He created tarantulas. 
He created things that we fear because we're kind of irrational. I only saw one, one tarantula in my whole life. I have a picture of the tarantula, by the way. It was, we were hiking in, uh, oh, what's the name of that? Uh, Zion, in Zion National Park. And there on the trail, right in front of me, was a tarantula about two feet in front of me, great big hairy tarantula. And he just stood there. I guess he wasn't afraid of me. I wasn't afraid of him either, but we just walked around him and let him have his day. But God created everything. He created it all. Butterflies, tarantulas, spiders, ants, blue whales. God created it all. That's enough that we ought to say he is the greatest of all time. If you just thought about what he's created, you would have to see that. But he created other things that I haven't talked about yet. He created every living being. All the things that we don't see, he created. Like angels. He created them. We don't even know when that necessarily happened, but we know that they're created by him. Because everything that exists is created by God. And he is the one who determines who are the rulers of this world. Whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Now, in this era people would think automatically of Caesar. Well, he was the mighty Caesar. He ruled the whole world. Not really. There was someone greater than him, far greater than him, and that was Jesus Christ, and he ruled the whole world. Caesar was only there because God permitted him to be there. Joe Biden is only there because God permitted him to be there. Whoever becomes our next president will only be there. Because God permitted permitted him to be there. You know, that takes away a lot of fear, doesn't it? Because sometimes we worry about politics. We worry about who's in power. Who's in power? His name is Jesus. He is in power. Not some world leader, not someone in China, not someone in Russia, not someone in Ukraine, not someone in the United States. God, through Jesus Christ, is in power. Let us not ever forget that. This might be an ugly year with all the debates and everything else. But Jesus Christ is over all that. And his will will be done even if we can't understand it or see it. Because he's the greatest of all. He's the one over all of creation and over every power and authority in all of creation. And more than that, all things hold together in him. You know, sometimes we, we think, well, what's happening to our world? It's just going a little crazy. It's, it's 20 below one week. Now it's 30s. What is going on? You know, and we all try to explain this. We try to figure it out. 
He holds it together. God holds the whole universe together. After all, he created every star, he created every planet, he created everything that we can see, and he holds it together. He holds it together. All things hold together in him. The seas don't overcome the land. The land doesn't fall in the ocean. The planets are in their orbits. Everything is done by God and his sovereign will. Let us never forget that. For that is our great comfort and our peace when we're filled with fear. And more than that, our text tells us he is the head of the church, his body. The church cannot be defeated, for Christ is the head of the church. The devil rages against the church again and again and again. He kills people of the church of Jesus Christ. But he cannot stop the church, for Christ is the head of the church. Christ is the head of this church also, this congregation. We are part of the great body of Christ. And he is our head. And he will always do what we need. He loves us intensely. He is our head. He is over all. He's the source of everything we have and are. Everything that you have, everything that I have, comes from Jesus Christ. He's the head of our church. When we put together a service, we can think, well, we're doing this. We're going we're gonna to make this really good. We're going to make it fit together really well. But God weaves it all together. God does those things. He's the head of the church. And he is the firstborn from the dead. Not one of those men will ever not die. None of them. They're all going to die. All those goats that I talked about in the beginning of the service sermon, they're all going to die unless Christ comes back. But Jesus died to never die again. And every person who trusts in Jesus Christ, though they die, they will live forever and ever. No one else has defeated death. We live in a society that some way has some kind of crazy dream that maybe they can get the right medication or they can get the right treatment or they can do this or that and then they will defeat death. It's utter nonsense. Because you can take medication, you can do all the treatments, You can do all the exercises. You can do everything you want, and you will die. That's the reality of this world until Christ comes again. But Christ, and Christ alone, died and came back to life and lives forever and ever. Because he lives, we live. Because he has defeated death, we can face death without fear, and with peace. 
For over 40 years, I've had the great privilege of going and ministering to people who are about to die. And you would think, well, that, that's a terrible ministry, isn't it? Far from that. Because when I talk to believers who are about to die, I see the beauty of their face. I see the peace in their eyes. I see them longing to be with Jesus. And they assure me. And they lift me up. Because they have perfect peace in Jesus Christ, the one who has defeated death by his death and resurrection. He is the greatest of all time. He is the greatest of all time. And he has made peace with God with his very blood. I've been reading through the Old Testament as part of my daily Bible reading. I read an Old Testament passage. I read a a psalm or something like that. And I read a prophet and I read something from the New Testament. Every day I try to do that. Well, I've just been overwhelmed by the Old Testament. And all the sacrifices and all the rules and all the regulations and everything that nobody ever came close to keeping. All the thousands of animals that died for the sins of the people. And they had to do it over and over again. And then the priests, they had to go and offer a sacrifice for their own sins because they weren't righteous enough. But then there is Jesus. Then there is Jesus, whose blood was so pure and so righteous and so perfect a sacrifice before God that there needs be never a sacrifice again. Because Christ, blood has paid the price for our sin. As you think about coming to the Lord's table next week and having communion here together, think about that. That blood of Jesus Christ has atoned for your sins and for anyone who trusts in him. The blood of Jesus Christ. Anybody else could have died, wouldn't have done any good at all. Because they're sinners, just like all of us. But Jesus, the sinless one, freely gave his life and his blood that you and I and everyone who believes in him would have salvation. That's what we'll celebrate. That's what we'll remember. The blood of Jesus Christ that is sufficient forever and ever. And so, I, I, I think the Apostle Paul, when he's in a passage like this, he just, he just almost just goes on and on and on, and he can't stop thinking of the things that we have in Jesus Christ. So then he talks about being reconciled. We were once alienated from God. We were his enemies. We were opposed to him, and he reconciled us by his blood. Now, most of us sitting here today and myself included, have trouble with that sometimes because we don't remember a day in our lives where we didn't hear about Jesus Christ and his blood and his righteousness and his goodness and his grace. So when was I an enemy? When was I alienated? Oh, how blessed we are. (laughs) 
that from the very beginning, from when we were little children, we were taught about Jesus Christ and that alienation was removed and we were reminded again and again that we didn't have to be afraid because we belonged to Jesus. And we were reconciled to God. But that's not true for everybody. Some people go through life really rebelling against God every turn of the way. And suddenly God breaks through. And those people know they were enemies. And those people know they were alienated. And they know the difference. But you should know the difference too. And I should know the difference too. Because I too was alienated. I too was an enemy of God. You too were that. But in his great mercy, he called us to be his children And reconciled us to God. The very thing that we could not do. We could never make payment for our sin. Jesus did it for us. He reconciled us to God. By the death of Jesus Christ. And he died to present you and me blameless before God. His death makes it like we were never enemies. Like we were never alienated. That we never sin. Because his righteousness through faith is our righteousness. And we are reconciled to God. His death paid the price that we could never pay. And so the Apostle Paul wants us to continue. He says, Continue in your faith, established and firm, not moved from the hope held out in the gospel. This is what we must do. We must continue in faith. We must recognize that Jesus Christ has done everything to redeem us, and He has set us free. So, as you examine yourselves, you will find plenty of sins that are in you against your will. And those are forgiven. You will find sins that you willfully committed. And those are forgiven. Because the greatest of all time, Jesus Christ, gave his life and his blood to redeem you and me. And he is the one who has all the power to do what is necessary to make us more and more like Christ. He lives in you and me to transform us from our old sinful self to be the person that he wants us to be. Our silly world keeps saying things to people like, you can be anything you want to be. You just have to be true to yourself. You have to do this. You can do it. You can't do it. Christ did it. That's the gospel. That's the gospel that sets you free from all your trying and all your desperation and everything else. Christ did it. He's the greatest of all. The one who created everything that exists. The one who sustains everything that exists. He did what we all desperately need. 
He gave himself for us. And we are set free. Now, this is what happens. We read a passage like this. We hear these words. And the evil one says, Is that really true? Is that really true? Was his, was his blood sufficient for all of our sins? Is that really true? And he wants to plant a seed of doubt in your mind and in your heart. Continue in faith in Jesus Christ. Anytime the doubts come, point to Jesus. Look to Jesus. For he has saved us to the uttermost forever and ever through the blood of Jesus Christ. Let us pray together. Most gracious Heavenly Father, your plan of salvation was something that was beyond our scope of even thinking or imagining that you would send your dear Son Jesus Christ and he would rescue us from all of our sins. In this week, as we think about coming to the Lord's table, let us anticipate that with gladness and assurance that we may come and honor you, that we may take the cup of salvation and rejoice in Jesus Christ. And may all who trust in him know that he will never fail. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.